0: This episode is brought to you by LSW London, whose mission is to create beautiful, effective products to help
1: people live their most authentic, fulfilled lives. As Aristotle said, we are what we repeatedly do. If we repeatedly do things which make us happy, what could that lead to? All of their products are designed with this in mind, to help people live with intention, creating healthy habits each day, which positively impact mental health, well-being and self-care. So let's start with their
0: mind cards. These are a gorgeous little bundle of mixed cards where you select a card at random and take the action stated on it. There are different versions for kids or new mums, for example, and just wouldn't that make
1: such a special gift? Well, you know I love to self-gift and these mind cards are perfect for building the habit of making positive choices each day to help you lead a more fulfilling and happy life. Whether it's to express gratitude, reflect on a thought or a prompt to get you to spend more time journaling. Well, speaking of journals, LSW London are stunning
0: their mind notes one is a six-month undated daily well-being journal but they also have a morning notes version which is specifically for use in the morning to help you start each day with a positive mindset and to encourage you to identify obstacles which you can utilize in a way that benefits you
1: Best of all, they're a small, female-owned business. Lily has used her expertise as a therapist to create all of these fantastic well-being tools so that they're easy and accessible to everyone all around the world. So use code BOOKRECOS for 20% off
0: everything at www.lswmindcards.com for great quality, beautiful mindfulness products.
1: Welcome to Book Grecos Between the Pages, I'm Jess and I'm Lauren and we're the pals behind Book Grecos. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. And today we are chatting
0: to Bethany Russer, author of Welcome to Your Life which is an absolute joy of a book that should be on everyone's reading list this summer.
1: Yep, we met Bethany at an event run by Ink84 a few weeks ago, and we're totally charmed by her and her book, and we just had to bring this discussion to the pod. Happy Sunday, Lauren. Happy Sunday,
0: Jessica. I have got my LSW mind cards with me here. Um, if you didn't skip the ad at the beginning of the episode, everybody, you will know that this month's sponsor is LSWA London. Um, and they do really, really gorgeous journals that we've showed on our Instagram. And also these mind cards, which if you've listened to the podcast before, you'll know that mindfulness is not something that I just do. Um, Mm -hmm. it doesn't come naturally to me. So these are little prompts that will help you to be more mindful. And there's lots of different
1: categories, Mm. How are you finding yours, Lauren? I love mine because they're really, and I'm not just saying this because they're sponsoring the pod, but they're really actionable. Mm. So like, you know, some mindful cards, you can be a bit like, it's just a nice quote. And you're like, okay, that's nice, but that's like, not going to make me do anything for today. Do you know what yeah, I mean? I'm a These are rooted in doing something to build a habit or create a ritual or to you know journal free write or whatever so that you actually integrate more than just thinking about being mindful but actually do a mindful action exactly and that is what I told Lauren we should do today together
0: Mm -hmm. um I've bossed her about once more and so I've just pulled out one of the cards although I have just lost it
1: (laughs) (laughs) where's it gone while you're finding it, all of the cards are broken into i think four categories so you've got some cards which are rituals, so they'll in like incite they'll ask you to do something ritualistic in your day. there's journals, so some cards are like journal topics there's reflection, so some are you know asking you to reflect on a quote or something and then you've got gratitude as well, which are i I really like the gratitude cards.
0: Okay. And I found the card that I decided we should answer, okay. which Hit is me. what is your idea of ultimate happiness?
1: Oh, I like that. And this is a journal question.
0: This is a journal prompt. So you okay. would read this and it sort of gives you something to think about when you're writing in your journal, which I love because I don't think I've, without a prompt, I'd probably be like, today I had cereal for breakfast and then I... Yeah logged on like it was yeah just exactly it's like a, a good way to like day? frame
1: your thinking isn't exactly. it exactly so hit me Lauren idea of ultimate happiness go the first thing that springs to mind is a beach sunny weather and a good book Lovely. maybe a cocktail maybe. what would yours be
0: well I think mine is um staying in <laughs> not socializing even though I love to socialize what came to my head was just like in the garden, the sun has to be shining and I'm with a book, maybe with my boyfriend, like just the ultimate calm and yeah. not having to think about anything or yeah. have a conversation.
1: Love that. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me. That's that's a mindful activity. But that is what popped into my head
0: when I read mm-hmm. it.
1: I've just drawn one of the ritual cards, which I really like, and I think everyone, <laughs> this is, a, this is a good ritual for this audience okay turn off your phone curl up on your favorite sofa or armchair and dedicate at least 30 minutes to reading a book done I mean done I can do that today but like that I think that's so important because like reading can be a mindful activity which oh, you aren't 100%. thinking about anything really are you you're just switching Lost. off from the world yeah. and these cards are really great at just making sure that you're at least what 15 minutes of every day you're detaching from work or whatever's going through your mind
0: yeah and like away from your phone yeah you know, the notifications yeah 100 okay um love that I feel like we should do this every day Lauren yeah me too like FaceTime and be like okay what are you gonna do what what <laughs> what ritual are you doing today Although I also think that mindfulness is just doing it by yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah, I th- I don't think it's
0: group exercise. <laughs> There's me being like, I don't like to socialise and then being like, do you want to do mindfulness with me? Together. <laughs> anyway, before we get on to today's episode, which is a glorious interview with Bethany Rafter, um, I just wanted to chat to you about Pandora's book of the month because I'm absolutely buzzing for it, Lauren.
1: Oh, yes, yeah, so am I actually. My box arrived yesterday. Oh, Mine hasn't arrived yet. And I'm
0: Ooh. so excited because I'm like, this is... But tell everyone what the book really is. really interests me. So it's called The Empire of Pain. It's her first non-fiction pick. And it is... is. I'm gonna. I've just got the little sonop up. And uh, so it's by the award-winning author of Say Nothing. He turns his penetrating gaze to the stupendously wealthy and influential Sackler family, probing the dark and murky methods they have employed to amass their fortune. So in this gripping and shocking story of three generations of the Sackler family and their roles in the stories of the opioid crisis, um, the Sackler name adorns the walls of many storied institutions, Harvard, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, Oxford, the the Louvre they are one of the richest families in the world known for their lavish donation in the arts and sciences the source of the family's fortune was vague however until it was emerged that the SACAs were responsible for making and marketing OxyContin a blockbuster painkiller that was a catalyst for the opioid crisis an international epidemic of drug addiction which has killed nearly half a million people and Mm -hmm. I'm very interested in this topic having watched that Louis III documentary and I think I've even talked about it on the podcast before so I can't wait
1: Yeah, same. I I think it's fascinating that whole, the opioid crisis. Um, And so just a reminder, if you just go to pandorasbooks.co.uk, then you can subscribe to receive the month, whatever the monthly book is, it will just go straight to your door. It's selected by Pandora herself. So it's almost like it's a bit of a surprise it's a bit of a surprise really isn't it and if you use code recos 10 r-e-c-c-o-s S one zero, you you get 10% off and actually part of the um
0: subscription is that you get a monthly newsletter from her that has more recos from her mm. which I really enjoyed reading last month being like oh I'm gonna put that book on my radar
1: yeah um
0: right let's get to the episode Um, right, welcome to the Book Request podcast, Bethany. We are absolutely thrilled to have you join us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so hyped to be here. <laughs> um, Bethany, would you mind kicking us off by telling listeners what Welcome to Your Life is all about?
2: So, Welcome to Your Life is the tale of a gal called Serena who is just about to get married. And I mean, literally, about to get married. It is her wedding day. Um, and dawns on her at the last possible minute that she cannot possibly get married to her fiancé Alistair who she's been with since they were at university that she has just been sort of plodding through her life and it she cannot let it continue she cannot get married so she runs out on her wedding moves out of the small town they've been living in moves in with an old friend in London and begins her life again at the you know at In her late 20s and that means dating for the first time ever dating for the first time ever as a plus-size gal and dealing with her feelings about her body
0: and it's so good there was (laughs) so much I loved about your book um so it's not a spoiler you've just said it Serena um jilts her fiance and we find her in the nearby harvester which I loved spent so much of my teenage years in harvester (laughs) um and I loved the moment when Serena has to google is it still called jilting if it's a woman who leaves a man at the altar because it's so true and I guess we're just so accustomed to hearing stories of men who jilt brides yeah. um and I wondered did you put that in because you had to google it yourself
2: um yeah I guess it was something that i I had sort of never thought about you know the way that we're like uh if a man is having an affair then he has a mistress but like mm. what does a woman have you know like all of these yeah things are very geared around kind of like male desire and male sexuality um yeah so I was like yeah what is that what is it do do ladies jilt I guess they
0: do. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess from that whole thought process of oh hang on and then it made me think what was your first idea, if any? Was it to write about a book about a woman who jilts her mm. fiance, or was it to write a book about a plus size
2: woman on the dating scene, or was it, it both? No, very, very much the latter. So, all of my books. So, I uh, Welcome to Your Life is my first novel for adults, but it's the third, my third novel. So, I've had two. A young adult novel was published before called No Big Deal and Melt My Heart. And they're all about like chub gals dating. Like that's basically what I'm interested in is kind of romance through the lens of plus size women or like girls. Um, so that that's always kind of the thing that I'm interested in exploring is I I've, I loved my dating life. and But I know that I cannot have experienced it any other way than as the person that I am, which is mm. a sized woman. So I feel like that gives you this kind of like, not unique, but a distinctive way of looking at dating or experiencing romance and yourself and your body in relation to like what you expect from love and sex and dating. Um, so yeah, and I feel like that is not massively explored in women's fiction. Totally. Um, the default protagonist is like generally a thin woman because most authors end up being, you know, maybe being thin women. So it's always felt for me something that I've really wanted to explore. Yeah,
1: really loved that. And I want to come onto that in a bit more detail in a minute. Um, But firstly, just looking at Serena as a character then, she's this... She, I, I loved her, she's like so, she has so much life to her um, and I just really like that you're starting a book or you've created a book where it's okay to start or sort of reinvent yourself at 28 because, you know, that's not a narrative that we're um, told about enough and, um, and I think many of us can relate to Serena at some point in our lives because I think essentially, she just wakes up on her wedding day. And instead of feeling, you know, the, the good sort of jitters and excitement, she's sort of just thinking, is this it? And there's nothing explicitly wrong with her relationship. I mean, her partner, he seems like a solid guy. He, you know, he's not nasty or toxic or anything. She just feels like she's settling um, when she actually wants a bigger life and desires more. So can you share a little bit about how you got to that decision to decide that you know
2: how did you come to that sort of
1: decision in the book
2: so I think something that I quite like exploring in my fiction is not necessarily kind of making big decisions or living a liberated lifestyle as a response to something big or traumatic necessarily it's more just like we are all entitled to having a life that we find enjoyable or pleasurable or exciting yeah. and to kind of to put that into fiction often that does get sort of you know like the kind of I don't know I'm trying to think of an example but like books where someone sort of reinvents themselves or starts their life again it is often in response to like a big event. Mm. Eat um, pray love. Yeah exactly like that kind of eat pray love kind of thing yeah and obviously this isn't eat pray love it's a much 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 smaller scale but yeah, I guess I just write things where people do not need to have yeah the inciting incident be something really bad. It can just be like you un- you understand on a deep level that you are not happy with your life, or that you want something else, or that things are not necessarily going the way that you want them to, and because that is the reality of most people's lives. Like most people do yeah. not have these kind of you know, I hope most people do not have these like huge life altering events, but we all have this kind of conversation with our inner selves. Um, well, you know, whatever you're doing outwardly, I think we all know on some level, whether we are at peace with it or, yeah. happy with it or mm-hmm. excited by it. And that really c- comes
0: across the certain things you wrote about what she was thinking was so believable mm. and done so, so well and then what you were just saying then about like everybody should be able to live the life they want to live. That so comes across and none of it comes across as this huge dramatic thing. It's like, well, of course she does. And, and in the book, you mentioned how at first when Serena starts online dating, she's going for men that she think will like her back. And yeah. then there's this change when she has a specific conversation and then she's like, no, that guy's really hot and I'm going to swipe for him yeah. and I'm going yeah. <laughs> to I'm going to boost my confidence and I'm going to go for whoever I want. And I so loved seeing that change in her. And so we for listeners, um, we first met Bethany at an event at in Katie 4 Books with um, herself and also Suk Odsla. And it was a book about diverse bodies in romantic fiction. And we chatted a little bit about this then, but I just wanted to give you the floor to tell our listeners who weren't part of our conversation then a little bit more about um, that whole decision and Serena's transition to Confident Woman.
2: So that's been a really interesting part, you know, because you you sort of write these books and you're at home, you're writing a book and then you send it to your agent and then you work on it with your agent and then your agent sends it to publishers and then you talk to publishers about the book. But it's sort of it's very much like a kind of a thing that doesn't really exist in the world until the book is released and you don't really know how people will respond to it because the only people that have been responding to it are like professional publishing people so it's been really interesting since the book has come out to have these conversations with you know not just plus size women but generally plus size women about that and that is the thing that they have really responded to is the you know that kind of narrative thread about how we date and for so many of us it it was a question of like that's how you looked at at the dating pool was who of these people will maybe find me attractive and I don't know on what basis we're making those judgment calls but there is just this instinctive thing of like if I think they're hot then they're probably too good for me so I can only really go for someone that I'm not that interested in but who I think is like safe and will be like a safe bet and will probably find me attractive um and that is something that so many people have wanted to talk to me about and has felt like a thing that a lot of us have done Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and a lot of people are not out of that pattern yet and I I think a lot of people have read this book and been like um that's what I've really enjoyed about the response to the book is people (coughs) is people saying like I'm going to do some online dating now. Or like, I'm going to go to a spin class or like, I'm going to do this thing on my, I'm going to like, someone was like, I'm going to go to the theater on my own. And I was like, Yes, so cool. (laughs) People coming out of the book, feeling like they want to do something. That's a really like nice, nice response. Um, But yeah, the whole like dating perspective, that's been a really interesting thing. Because obviously I knew that I did it, but I didn't know that it was a thing that other Chubb gals were also doing. Mm. So you put it in your book and was like maybe this will speak to other people.
0: Yeah, and I mean the difference is insane. The dates that she goes on at the yeah. beginning of the book, whilst hilarious to read, I very much enjoyed the eccentric. Was it date number eight? The guy the, uh, who was yeah. like
2: yeah, I know so jovial, it. yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> like <laughs> loved him. <laughs> but they're so different to the dates that she ends up going on when she realizes that actually
1: she. Why should, should date I lower my standards? Was,
0: yeah. yeah, and so. Yeah. It's, no surprise that that has spoken to other people because it's so different and the, the vibes are just so different and it's fab just yes yeah, and that was very like
2: true to my actual experience of dating so I'm now like an old married lady now but I went on a lot of dates back in the day and that was you know what happened for me was you know I'd, I went on loads of dates and they were not like bad like no one you know assaulted me or harassed me you know it wasn't like there was anything tangibly bad about the dates but they were just not good and they were not the people that I was attracted to mm, and then yeah. like overnight changing how I approach dating that was like day and night like it was really um yeah just instantly the vibes changed everything became much more fun and much more joyful I had a much better time um and you know I hope I am married to my husband forever but it does you know it means that I now have this understanding that like if heaven forbid I am one day single again like it is not the worst thing in the world to be a gal dating
1: absolutely um and she even like gives off a different vibe um to like in real in real life once she changes her approach to how she swipes it's then like she's almost like magnetically drawn to other people in real life scenarios that you mentioned
2: that a uh, theater scene and bloody love that scene. But in terms of like writing about fat bodies in fiction, I have never, there has literally never been a time when like an editor of my young adult novels or of my adult novels has wanted to sort of modify or water down or like amend the way that I talk about Bodies and people, so I've been very lucky in that regard. But I guess it's partly because if lo- if it's not like loads of people are doing this, it's sort of good to make it what it is, like to accept that Bethany Ratter writes books about you know fat women and fat girls, and that if you're going to buy you know if if as a publisher you're going to buy a book from me, you you know what it is, and mm-hmm. like you're buying it because you think that there is a gap in the market mm-hmm. and that there is value in like. This stuff. So yeah, I've been lucky that everyone's just been like, yep, you know what you're doing. Like I take for granted <laughs> yes. you know what your life is like and what kind of stories you want to tell about it. Um, but yeah,
0: that's good to hear. Um, so another thing we loved about your book, which is no surprise being two best friends, was the female friendships yes. in your books. Um, so after moving to London, Serena gets a job at a jewellery brand and she meets The delight that is Nicole, Mm -hmm. um, who's also plus size, but unlike Serena, her size isn't something she ever feels self conscious about. And she's really the catalyst for Serena's journey into becoming confident in her body. And I mean, we can all do with a friend like Nicole. She's just fabulous. And she really inspires Serena to break out of old ways of thinking and push herself out of her comfort zone. And I bet she was a really fun character to write. Did, did you have a favourite? Was she your favourite?
2: Yeah, I think she was, she was my favourite <laughs> and I think she's a lot of people's favourites. Um, yeah, she's just so much fun and my original intention, because I had like a two book contract with Collins, so the first book would be Welcome to Your Life and then my intention was that the second book would be a book about Nicole. Oh! But then when I came to write it, I was like, oh, I feel really, I, I felt like I just needed a clean slate. I didn't okay to, to write whatever I wanted. Um, I wanted to be able to write whatever I wanted without worrying about something that I'd said in Welcome yeah. to Your Life that mm-hmm. would undermine something that I was trying to say in uh, whatever book two would be. Um, you know, like Nicole, you know, something about like her family or her background or whatever, like that just wouldn't add up. And I was like, I can't, like, it's going to be too annoying. I I need to Yeah. this with like a new, a fresh page. So instead of <laughs> making it um a book about Nicole I have instead made it a book about a Nicole-like person um so you know I I see you know that meme of like inside you are two wolves um (laughs) I feel like my two wolves are like Serena and Nicole and they represent the two parts of my adult life and like my dating life is that I I was Serena and then I became Nicole So I feel like there's always potential in me to explore characters that either feel very kind of like self-conscious and like inhibited by their bodies and their potential for fun in their their life or someone who's very like I deserve to have a fun life and if I can say anything that is fun and enjoyable I will do that. So yeah I, I, I knew that I wanted my second adult book to be a book about someone who is more in the Nicole mold and that is what it is so that is my that's what I'm working on at the moment I'm editing my second adult book which unfortunately is not a Nicole book but is you know if you like Nicole you will enjoy yeah amazing count mate
1: <laughs> <laughs> um so I want to talk about the dates a little bit more because they were by far my favorite scenes. They were just so funny. Um, so I think it's it Tinder that Serena downloads, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she goes on a number of hilarious dates, um, hilarious in part because I think I've dated several of the weirdos that, that Serena comes across and how did you get inspo for all of them? Are some of them based on your own dating experiences Or were you just like, okay, what are the worst types of dating, you know, tropes that we could we could throw in
2: here? Yeah, it was a bit of both. It was like, what did I experience, and how can I maximize that for? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) because you know there isn't. like there's kind of nothing worse than sitting across the table from someone oh, where from like minute one you know that you have nothing in common and you are not no. having a good time and like I think that was one of the things that I really learned about dating was like it literally you know once you're once you're in that pub once you're sitting at that table once you have a full pint it doesn't <laughs> <matter in> it <laughs> how good looking the person is it is entirely about the vibes And like, it doesn't really matter if you don't fancy them because you can kind of like, you know, you can have a nice interesting conversation with someone as long as their vibes are good. Mm. But like Serena is not even choosing people with good vibes. Like it's not even that they're not good looking or whatever, it's like the vibes are bad. Um, So I wanted to capture that just like the many, many, many ways that you can incorrectly make a choice about how you're going to spend your evening. (laughs) Yeah there I mean the many different schmucks of the internet. Yeah. <laughs> and the
1: self-righteousness of some of the dates as well. Like one guy even asked her, gave asked her for the money back for the drink when yes. he found out it wasn't gonna work. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that's happened to many people out there. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised
2: to hear. It never actually happened to me, but I would just remember like this one date that I went on and like it wasn't good, like I didn't enjoy it, and uh, like while we were still there, he was like, "Oh, like, do you want to do this again?" Like he just assumed that I'd want to do it again, and I was like, "No, thank you." Which you know, as a woman, it's so so, brave. Yeah, like, isn't that insane? That like, as a woman, like the idea of being like, "No, thank you" to another date while you're still there is like such a wild thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, thank. I don't think that uh, no. And he was like, "Why?" And I was like because well, I, I you've asked why yeah like I just, you know I don't and you can't like I didn't fancy him and I just wanted to be able to say like I just don't think we have anything in common or like I don't I just I'm not feeling it but just to you know like a guy that would feel so aggrieved by the idea of mm. someone being like this isn't going to work out and I was like I feel like he would probably would have wanted his money back so yeah <laughs> a real thing that happened to me and maximize it for comedic effect
1: yeah yeah absolutely does so oh, no, well <laughs> i went on a date with a guy once and it obviously wasn't going to work he like l- asked me zero questions That's in about so 2 hours yeah. so rude and then by the time i got home he was like i thought this was great let's do this again sometime and i said no thanks but no thanks and then he asked me for feedback i was like like a
2: job interview
1: like, like a you know, job interview like, interview, like written job. feedback so obviously I, I went to town with and I was like you literally asked me zero questions I don't understand why you thought this was a good date
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: and he was like thanks so much I'll take that on board thanks
2: Oh, I mean at least he's getting this at like date one feedback whereas yeah. like, there's that whole sense of like you have a relationship with someone and then you break up and they take everything that they learn from your relationship to be like a better partner in future and you're like but I wanted yes. to be the one that had the good relationship <laughs> um, yeah so at least he was you know you, you didn't have to spend like years of your life with this guy only horrible hours absolutely yeah. Yeah. absolutely and you um, helped womankind by yeah. giving him that feedback yeah well done
1: yeah um I'm sure the next woman was very grateful to you um but there's another bit in the book where I, it's Serena's sister who says to her at one point you know she's very much team I forget her Alistair her, Alistair and she says to Serena like come on like you're not going to do better than this and that like oh my god like I found her sister really jarring and I was like how how could you say that to anybody, let alone somebody that you love? um so i i what was is that like did you want her sister to be almost like that subconscious voice in any, any woman's head when they're dating that they're you know, oh God, what if it never gets better than this and she was sort of an imper like a personification of that if you see what I mean.
2: yeah, and also I think that like family often, you know, they think they have your best interests at heart because what they want for you is like stability and security. And that comes from like a good, like a kind place and like a loving place, but it doesn't really take into account, you know, the person that you actually are and like the life that you're actually interested in, in living. So to someone that loves Serena unconditionally, the idea of her sacrificing what to the outside is a very like nice stable life for what like for literally what you know Mm because to the outside you know what is so good about like losing this big loving relationship the stability of like a home that is owned by your partner in like a town that is nice and pretty and safe Um, and then moving to like you know a a flat share in London and having like no relationship and no stability um like what is so good about that so I think and and only I do think that maybe only like your family would be the person to say that Mm. so um yeah I feel like I wanted her sister to be this kind of mismatch between like what on paper she should want and the person that she actually is and how it is often the people that know us the best, that in theory know us the best and have known us for the longest, that have these really entrenched ideas about yeah. the person yeah. that you are and the life that you should want. Yeah, And in many ways, her sister as well. She almost took it
1: personally because that's yeah. the life that she has. has, isn't it?
2: Yeah. It's and the- like, there is nothing intrinsically wrong with those life decisions it's just whether or not they actually make you happy and it wouldn't be wrong for Serena to be married and have a family and have a you know a stable home it would just be wrong for her to have done it with that particular person so it's not like she you know just intrinsically believes that relationships have no value it's just that like it would have been the the incorrect decision to like commit to this person who she should not commit to yeah
0: and it's it, I know I keep saying it but it really has done so well thank you and, like you, and you so th- like you there's probably a part of you that might be like god Joe, yeah, maybe her sister's right but because you're living with Serena you're like what a bitch yeah no? yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um and I really loved and we just touch on this because we don't want to give away any spoilers was um that it shows a bit of like Serena at work and obviously of course that's how she meets Nicole um but with any, you know, career experience and how it's portrayed in the movies and whatever, you uncover some really common toxic workplace scenarios. And I wondered if you could share a little bit about your decision to include that part of the storyline
2: without any spoilers. (laughs) Without spoilers, I guess what was important to me in that dynamic was that um, I feel like, Serena sort of gets a lot from Nicole. like Nicole mm-hmm. is this real, um, you know, inspiration to Serena, and she is really the person that like helps change her life. And I didn't want to end the book with like the, the relationship feeling so imbalanced of like, Nicole is this kind of like impossible heroine figure who cannot really exist. and Serena is this kind of like flawed, messy person who is just like parasiting off this like golden person so I wanted there to be a way to show that like Nicole is also vulnerable to the bullshit of the world and Serena is also capable of being a great friend to Nicole that was like what my my goal sort of give them both like uh you know sort of Almost like to balance it out. Yeah, like swap character or swap kind of experiences, so that you know you understand that these are like they are whole people. They're not just like things that you know. They're not just like yeah. I guess yeah
1: yeah. Um. So, Bethany, you've already mentioned that this is your first adult novel, and previously you've written two brilliant YA novels.
2: Did you find the writing process different at all? The only way in which I found I think the main way I found the writing process different between writing for young people and writing for adults was that so I think it is important when you're writing for young people you don't want to be like preachy and didactic and like mm. um but you do have a responsibility oh, if yeah. writing for young people like you that there, there is you do have to be more mindful of like what am I saying if I read this as a young person what would I take away from this like what would be the message that I received and like I don't think all books have to have messages or have to be like morally correct or whatever um but I do think there is more (coughs) I do think there's like more to consider when you're writing for Mm. young people And I do not think necessarily that when you write for adults, you're then like magically free of that responsibility, but Mm. I do think it's a very different thing. So it was the main difference between writing for young people and writing for adults for me was just feeling like I didn't have to be quite so like thoughtful about how I expressed stuff. I could just do it in a more like a way that just felt more instinctive. Um, But in general, it was very similar because I am still, I feel like I'm always exploring the same kinds of things I'm always thinking about like bodies and how we feel about ourselves what we expect from our lives and that kind of you know in relation Mm -hmm. to the kind of the way that you look
0: yeah
2: and I guess in this one you could
0: explore jilting your fiance in the workplace which you can't really do with younger characters yeah
2: yeah Um, yeah. and just I feel like uh, I could also have people kind of do stuff that I wouldn't necessarily have them do in a young adult novel. Yeah. yeah, Just like slightly more freedom. Yeah. yeah,
0: And I guess that gave
2: you more freedom.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. We have stolen quite a bit of time. Um, but before we let you go, we always like to ask the people that we have on,
2: um, if they can reco a book to our listeners that they have enjoyed recently. So my current, uh, the so there are many books that i read i also have a books podcast um called what page are you on so i read a lot i talk about books a lot but i feel like there there will probably be quite a lot of crossover with the books that i read and the books that y'all read so i'm gonna a book <laughs> that i have read recently that i loved that i feel like maybe has flown under the radar oh yeah bring it um so it's called a narrow door by joanne harris mm. you know joanne harris who wrote Chocolat? yeah no okay So this book came out last year in hardback and it came out just now in paperback, A Narrow Door. And if you like kind of psychological thrillers, it is so good. It's so like dark and juicy and mysterious. These very kind of like weird nightmarish uh, images, but it's not supernatural. It's all completely based in reality. Mm. Um, But I loved it and it had really flown under my radar until I read it because I interviewed her for podcast um so that's why i'm going to reco a narrow door by joanne harris because recently you have probably also read (laughs) 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 about but um yeah that is my reco i'm
1: definitely gonna
0: check that out thank you lauren loves a psychological thriller i do yeah i think you will like this (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much um and listeners this book is no, not this, not that book. This book, Welcome to Your Life, is my currently ninety nine p on Kindle for the month of May. So mm. you've got half of the month by the time this episode comes out to make sure that you download and read it, because um, that is a bargain. That's just for May.
2: You
1: and if you, even don't even have have Kindle, you don't have a Kindle, you don't
2: have. you can just... read it anytime you want as long as you buy it in May. For yeah. yeah, that's that's that a very you valid. Read point. Whatever you want, <laughs> you have read it? I don't. I don't mind either way. I would just rather read it. Just have it on your
0: Kindle for a rainy day, and then you know it's there. But buy Goodness. it now while it's signed to um, Bethany, thank you so so much. It's been an absolute joy to chat with you again. Can't believe it's we've got so to do nice. this twice now.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm very honoured that you asked me because I so enjoyed meeting you both at NKT4, and I was very honoured that you wanted me to. To come on so thank oh, you for having me the pleasure is so ours too. and it was so
1: lovely meeting you in kt4 and what a lovely bookshop as well oh, so we love indie yeah. bookshops we
0: love mm-hmm. so we'll pop um your record in the show notes we'll also pop your book podcast in the show notes for anyone that's going to stay over there um and thank you again thank you so much for having me mm-hmm.
1: thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed today's episode then like subscribe leave a rating and review it costs you nothing but it genuinely means the world to us and you could share
0: it with your reading buddy too couldn't yeah and if you don't already then follow us on instagram at book.cos for funnily enough more book recommendations
1: see you next week we'll be here